0: Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 111 of the podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I'm talking about Mookie Betts signing a mega contract extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers. His new deal is a 12-year 365 million dollar extension which will make him a Dodger for the next 13 years and he will make approximately 392 million dollars over that time span. The second only to Mike Trout ever. My opinion on this deal is that it makes so much sense for both sides. The Dodgers didn't trade Mookie Betts to be a rental. They want him to be their franchise player to go along with Bellinger and they don't want to put pressure on Betts to perform in this strange 60-game game season for a contract. If Mookie Betts is not the same Mookie Betts this 60 games, that does not mean he is not going to be the same moving forward. Do not trade away prospects for Mookie Betts to see if it's going to work out. No, you lock him up long term and you go, let's go. And this brings a level of excitement to the team. Now Cody Bellinger knows he's going to be playing with Mookie Betts for a while. Now Justin Turner knows. Now Dave Roberts knows he's going to be managing Mookie Betts for the foreseeable future. And again, it's been a wacky, offseason for baseball. There hasn't been a lot of good things that have happened. This is a good thing for this team to start the season on a high note and now they're 2-0 and they have Mookie Betts locked up for the foreseeable future. Now they have Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger who could form the best offensive duo in baseball. Yes, I believe they could even surpass what Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are capable of because these are two five-tool players. They have excellent power. They play exquisite defense, both of them. Bellinger is an under rated defender and Mookie Betts is a gold glove outfielder. I mean this might be the best two outfielders to play together in a long time and both of them I mean Bellinger is not even at his prime and Mookie Betts is entering his prime. This duo could be good not just for the next five years but for the next 10 plus years. These two could mashing home runs together for a very long time. Also you now have two of the most exciting young players in baseball. I mean yes the Angels have Mike Trout but now The Dodgers have two marquee franchise players. Yes, the Angels added Anthony Rendon, but he's not on those two levels. L.A. needs stars, and the Dodgers now have two main stars. And both already have MVP awards and are only getting better. I don't think you've seen the best of Betts or Bellinger. I believe Betts has had some great years and some not-so-great years. He's been very good his entire career, but I think if he can become more consistent year after year after year. He has the capability to be the best player in baseball, and the same goes for Cody Bellinger. I mean, last year was only his third year in baseball, and each and every year he's improved. Not even a guy like Aaron Judge has done that. Judge has had some down years since coming into the league. You look at it from a Dodger standpoint. They've won the NL West seven years in a row. They're going to be better than the Diamondbacks, the Padres, and the Rockies no matter what. They had to make a massive move to shake things up, to win the world, Series. That is their main goal. They can win the division in their sleep. That doesn't matter anymore. They need to win a World Series and hopefully Mookie Betts, I think, brings them closer to that goal. You have Betts, you have Bellinger. And when it comes to the Red Sox and Mookie Betts, a lot of people are talking about that relationship right now. I feel like both sides were in the wrong. The Red Sox did not want to make that long term of a commitment to a position player. And Mookie Betts, I don't think, wanted to be a member of the Red Sox long term. I believe both sides wanted to move on. Where the Red Sox are right now, I don't really know if it makes sense to lock up Mookie Betts to 12 years. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, you have Andrew Benintendi. Yes. Yes, you have Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, and J.D. Martinez, but look at that pitching staff. The Red Sox are not going to be able to compete long-term with that pitching staff. They need to put money into that pitching staff. They can't put all their money into their offensive weapons. But where I do blame the Red Sox is where they put that money, into pitchers that are not healthy, into the Nathan of these of the world, who even though he was good on opening day, I wouldn't bet on him being great this entire 60-game season. And Chris Sale, I'm sorry, you never should have given Chris Sale that contract. It looks really bad that an A-plus organization like the Boston Red Sox did not keep their franchise player. That's a bad look. And this isn't the first time the Red Sox have lost some legendary talent. Before, they lost Carlton Fisk, Roger Clemens, Wade Boggs. John Lester is the one that hurt the most. When John Lester was traded away, I was super upset. They couldn't come to an agreement with their ace pitcher, a guy who was entering his prime. That's what hurts. These guys are entering their prime years. John Lester got better when he left the Red Sox. There's a chance Mookie Betts gets better. Even though we've seen greatness from Betts, there's a chance he really explodes as a member of the Dodgers. All of those guys I mentioned had a lot of success after leading the Red Sox. Carlton Fisk was a great member of the White Sox. Roger Clemens, of course, won a ton more Cy Youngs after. Wade Boggs won a World Series with the Yankees. John Leicester won a World Series with the Cubs. And to be fair, there have also been times when the Red Sox got it right. They didn't pay Pedro after 2004. They traded away Nomar. Those were right moves because those guys, long term, were not going to be the same players as they were before. But again, there are times where they get it wrong. Johnny Damon comes to mind. They should have signed Johnny Damon to that contract. He still had so many years of being a productive baseball player. And I feel as a Red Sox fan that their past really haunts them because they blew it with big time contracts like Carl Crawford, John Lackey, Adrian Gonzalez, that they are afraid now to give the big one. Pablo Sandoval comes to mind, Hanley Ramirez, whenever a big contract for them doesn't work out, they... They run away from it for a few years and then they find out that that's not going to work and then they're going to give somebody a massive contract who's not worthy of it. The one thing we can't argue about is whether or not Mookie Betts is worthy of a big contract because he is. He's an MVP. He's a gold Glover. He was your best player. Like the way the Red Sox deal with big contracts doesn't make sense to me. They won't pay their own that they develop like John Lester, but they'll go out and they'll trade for Chris Sale and then pay him a boatload of money. Yes, I am saying it would have made a ton more sense to have locked up John Lester than to have ever gotten Chris Sale in the first place. Again, that's just so weird to me that they won't pay for what they have, but they will pay for that thing that they could acquire. It's like the shiny new toy that they're just like, ooh, Pablo Sandoval's out there. Let's lock him up for a long time. But the guy that you developed, you grew into a superstar talent, aka Mookie Betts. You don't want to have a long-term commitment with that guy. It seems like the last position player that they've homegrown that they actually paid a massive contract to is the Dustin Pedroia deal, which of course hasn't worked out because he's been hurt most of the time, but a lot of their homegrown talent, they don't end up paying in the end. They didn't pay Jacoby Ellsbury, which was correct, but still... It makes you wonder down the line, are they going to pay Rafael Devers when it's his time to get paid? Or Andrew Benintendi, if he ever bounces back and is worthy of a big contract, are they going to pay these guys? Or the Red Sox just like, ooh, we're bad right now. We've got to go out and sign big time mega free agents. They just don't seem to be that smart when it comes to spending money. Yes, they are a really good organization that wins a lot of World Series. But when it comes to long term contracts, I don't think that you can argue they have a messy track record when it comes to that. This is a team that won the World Series with Orlando Cabrera at shortstop and they beat a team that had Edgar Renteria at shortstop. They let Orlando Cabrera go and they signed Edgar Renteria to a big contract and then a year later he commits 30 errors and they trade him away to Atlanta. I'm saying down the line don't be surprised when the Red Sox make a financial move that makes getting rid of Mookie Betts look confusing. Like they'll give somebody who's not Mookie Betts a boatload among and you'll be wondering, well, why didn't they just end up paying Mookie Betts that contract? Want another example of a bad Red Sox contract move? Not re-signing Adrian Beltre after having a monster season, and then down the line giving a bowload of money to a third baseman named Pablo Sandoval. Those are the type of confusing moves the Red Sox have made in the past, and they will probably continue to make. I'll say this about Mookie, though: I did question his desire to remain in Boston long term, and I think after he left that move with Jim Rice was stupid. I don't think he should have told Jim Rice that that's where he wanted to be. I think that was a soft move and it wasn't honest. He wasn't saying that when he was with the Red Sox and then to make that comment to a Red Sox legend after being moved. I believe that that was a soft move from Mookie Betts that wasn't fair to the organization or the fans. The Dodgers signing Mookie Betts and trading for him shouldn't surprise you that much because this is an organization that hasn't won the World Series since 1988 when Kirk Gibson hit that legendary home run off of Dennis Eckersley. That's how long it's been for the Dodgers. And like I said before, they've won the NLS seven years in a row, and they've had some playoff mishaps. Clint Kershaw hasn't performed to the level that they've expected in the postseason. They've lost the World Series to the Houston Astros. It seems like every season the Dodgers end up having the rookie of the year, whether or not it's Corey Seager or Cody Bellinger. They always develop young talent out of nowhere that you didn't see coming. But this is a team that has underperformed in the postseason when they get to the big stage they haven't end up winning it and this is also a team that has a president of baseball operations and a manager that need to win the big game Andrew Freeman and Dave Roberts I believe both of those two gentlemen are fantastic at their jobs Andrew Freeman did a fantastic job with the Rays and since coming over to the Dodgers he's had an enormous amount of regular season success the same for Dave Roberts although he was criticized when the Dodgers lost that World series. He needs to win that big game to become a legendary Dodgers manager the same way Tommy Lasorda did. Same way Walter Alston did. Because as better as I think Dave Roberts is than Don Mattingly, the former manager of the Dodgers, for that to become a fact, Dave Roberts needs to win the big game. Because that's something no Dodgers manager has done since 1988. Joe Torre wasn't able to do it. Don Mattingly wasn't able to do it. And like Dave Roberts, they won the division a lot when those guys as managers. If Dave Roberts wants to differentiate himself from those two, he needs to win the big one. He needs a World Series trophy to become a Dodgers managing legend. And I think just bringing in Mookie Betts sends that message that we're not just here to win the division. We know we can do that no matter what. We are here to win the World Series. And if we don't do that, it will be a failure. The real issue for the Dodgers moving forward is now that their offense is at an apex level, their pitching staff that's usually fantastic is shattered. It's not the same group of guys. There's no Zach Greinke there. There's no Hung Jin Ryu anymore. Those guys are gone. Clayton Kershaw is hurt. They have Walker Bueller, but they don't have those veteran pitchers that they used to having. We're used to the Dodgers having super rotations. They no longer have Rich Hill. They no longer have those reliable veterans that you know that can go out there and pitch a gem. And what's always been my Issue with the Dodgers these past couple of seasons is that it always seems to come down to Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen. And while both of those two people are extraordinary pitchers, Clayton Kershaw has numerous Cy Youngs. Kenley Jansen used to be one of the best closers in baseball. They are not at that level that they used to be. And even if they were, they do not have a great amount of postseason success. Their seasons have to stop coming down to those two people. They need. Walker Bueller to become the ace of this pitching staff, which I believe he will become this season. Again, offensively, this team is loaded. It has Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, AJ Pollock, Jock Peterson, Corey Seager. This team is going to mash a ton of home runs at an extraordinary rate, but it's going to come down to their pitching staff whether or not they can win the World Series, and that's their biggest question mark. Now that they have the best offense in the National League, they might now have one of the weaker pitching staffs. Look at what the Washington Nationals were able to do with a superstar pitching staff. They were able to win the World Series because they had Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, and Max Scherzer. That's the biggest reason why the Washington Nationals won the World Series because they had an all-star pitching staff. Yes, the Dodgers have boatloads of offense now. Mookie Betts and Bellinger are going to hit probably a combined sixty home runs in this sixty-game season. But in the postseason, will Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw be enough to win a World Series with those two guys being your horses? And if you're relying on Clay Kershaw to be a big part of your postseason success, there's still a ton of question marks when it comes to that. Yes, he's an all-star Cy Young Award winner, future Hall of Famer, but when it comes to the postseason, he's not that same guy. And until he has an A-Rod type moment, a LeBron type moment, you're still going to question him every single time he goes out there in the postseason and of course the Mookie Betts contract isn't just for this next upcoming 60 game season it's for the next 12 years and so many people have issues with 10-year deals we look at the ones that are struggling right now Albert Pujols with the Angels Miguel Cabrera with the Tigers those don't look so great right now 13 years is a very long time Mookie Betts is going to be a Dodger for the next 13 years Mike Trout is going to be an LA Angel for the next 12 plus years the same with Bryce Harper in the Philadelphia. Philadelphia Phillies. These guys are going to be members of these teams for a very long time. That is an enormous commitment to make to a position player. And I think the big question with Mookie Betts is, if the Dodgers win their first World Series since 1988, and by year 7, Mookie Betts isn't that same player anymore, will it have been worth it for the Dodgers to give Mookie Betts that contract? I believe most fans would answer that question with a yes. Obviously, winning a World Series would be fantastic for the Dodgers, but look at some of these deals by the end of them. The Mariners were so quick to move on from Robinson Cano. I also think there's a major difference between giving a player you already have a massive contract like the Angels gave Mike Trout a contract and all the Angels fans were like duh he's fantastic. The Phillies gave Bryce Harper a massive contract without him playing a game for them. The Dodgers gave Mookie Betts a massive contract without him playing a game for them. Those fans do not have that same type of feeling for those players as Angels fans have for Mike Trout so those guys need to end up winning World Series for them to become beloved by Dodgers. Dodgers, and Phillies fans. The pressure is more on them than it is for Mike Trout. Mike Trout is already beloved by... Angels fans. That's why Albert Pujols should have remained a Cardinal because he was beloved by the Cardinals. Now he goes to the Angels and they think of him as that guy that sucked up all that money and the reason why they haven't won this past decade. That would probably have been the biggest argument for Mookie Betts to remain a member of the Boston Red Sox. For Bryce Harper to remain a member of the Washington Nationals is that they were already beloved by those organizations and it must hurt Harper that the team moved on from him and then ended up winning the World Series, that one's gotta hurt. And for bets, he already had won his MVP with the Red Sox. He had already won his World Series with the Red Sox. He would have become a Red Sox legend. He was probably on his way to getting his number retired from the Red Sox. The pressure was off from him as an athlete. But again, he wanted that deal. He wanted to be paid like a top three, top two baseball player. And now he is. But I believe the pressure is on him to win that World Series. Or Dodgers fans will say to themselves, he's not worth." It. he can put out all the stats he wants they can win the NLS whenever they want to but if they don't end up winning the World Series make no doubt about it we will look at this contract as a failure take 2018 for instance Mookie Betts didn't even have a great postseason but the Red Sox won and he wasn't that high of a paid player so we were all like he had a fantastic regular season we didn't care if Mookie Betts struggles in the postseason for the Dodgers and they go home after the first round it's not going to be that same oh well he's a great player will defend him. No, Dodgers fans are going to go after Mookie Betts if he struggles in the postseason. Just look at what happened with A-Rod with the Yankees year after year after year. He was destroyed by Yankee fans for his postseason struggles and it didn't end until he brought them a World Series single-handedly. A-Rod had to ball out for Yankees fans to forgive him for his postseason troubles. Hopefully that doesn't end up happening with Mookie Betts but you could see a scenario where that plays out. Like, Mookie Betts could have a monster regular season, but if he's not good in the postseason, it won't matter. The Dodgers are a win-now team. They need a World Series desperately. I think a Yankees Dodgers World Series would be fascinating because both of those teams made the biggest acquisitions of the offseason. The Yankees got Garrett Cole. They put a lot of money into Garrett Cole to be their ace pitcher. The Dodgers are putting a lot of money into Moogie Betts to be their franchise player. That would be a fascinating World Series to watch because I feel like the Garrett Cole move is the better move. It's a star ace pitcher. He can have more of an impact on the postseason. I believe a pitcher can have a bigger impact on the postseason. Just look at Madison Baumgartner, Steven Strasburg for the Nationals last year. Think about that fact. The Nationals let a star position player in Bryce Harper go. They end up paying their ace pitcher and they end up winning the World Series because of their ace pitcher. I just think a pitcher can have more of an impact on the postseason. And while I believe Mookie Betts is a top two position player in baseball, I'm just not sure he can answer Answer all of the Dodgers' pitching issues, which he can. The Dodgers—that's their main issue, at least for this season. But they'll have Mookie Betts for at least the next twelve years. I believe this guy is one of the most entertaining baseball players to watch. I think he's a five-tool player. He hits for a high batting average. He won a batting title and MVP. He's won a World Series. I hope he has the same type of success as a member of the LA Dodgers. I just wish he could have stayed his entire career with the Red Sox. But at least I'll still be able to watch him play because he is a superstar player and now he is finally being paid like one. There have been plenty of former Red Sox who played for the Dodgers. Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett, Nomar. Manny had an enormous amount of success with the Dodgers and I believe Mookie Betts too will have an extraordinary amount of success as a member of the Dodgers for the next 13 years. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, so please rate, review, and subscribe.